Masech's Marsis Perek Dalad Mishnah Hain Full Perek Hay Mishnah Base. As we have seen a couple of times already, the end of the processing of many types of produce is when they are gathered together. And as such, if you pick off from a tree or from the ground one fruit at a time, then you can eat that without tithing it, but if you do a few at a time, and then you gather them together, then they will be obligated in Maestras. The mission is going to bring two similar examples. I'm a Caliph Sa'urim, one who removes the shell of barley stalks. Mekalif achas achas v'oichel, he can peel, he can remove the shell of each one individually, and then eat that barley raw. But v'im kilef v'nasan l'seich yodai, if he removed the shells of a few barley stalks and then put them all into his hand so they're gathered together together in his hand, then chayev, he would be obligated to tie that, since that becomes much more of a significant eating. He's not just eating one or two as a snack one at a time, but he's eating them all in one go, which makes it a more fixed and significant meal, such that he will need to tithe it before eating that. Now the truth is, the Yerushalmi explains that if he was removing the shells of the barley next to where the barley was piled up, so next to the threshing floor, for example, then as we saw in the previous mission, actually, since all the leftover barley stalks he'll just put back into the pile, so it could be he's exempt even if he peels a few of the shells in one go, since he's right next to the rest of the barley, he's not really separating it from there, so just like the pile of barley is exempt, so too the ones which he took will also be exempt. However, certainly if he's not near a pile of barley, then he can only have them individually, or otherwise he'll be obligated in Maestras. Next example, Hamole Melilo Shulchitim. When he rubs together with his hands stalks of wheat in order to get rid of the chaff, which is the larger, heavier parts of the wheat which cannot be eaten. And when it comes to wheat, since there's a lot of chaff on wheat, it needs to be sifted in order to get the just the flour, or just the kernels of the wheat, the edible part of the wheat. And since it's that slightly longer process, one would never do it just to one stalk of wheat. They would do it to a few stalks of wheat, and therefore, even as a snack, it could be that you'd be allowed to process a few of the stalks in one go, because that would still be considered a snack. However, you need to do it in an unusual way. And the example of that which the Mishnah gives is Menape Miyod Liyod. He should basically toss the wheat from one hand to the other, until the heavier parts, the chaff, falls down, and he's left with just the good parts of the wheat which he wants. He could do that, and then v'oichel, he can eat those parts of the wheat without separating maestras. However, v'im nippah, if he did toss together all the wheat, and he went through this whole process, but then v'nosan al-seicheikai, he put the wheat into his lap, and only then started eating it, then chayev, then he is obligated to tie that produce, because if he was just eating it as a snack, then as soon as he removed the chaff, he would begin eating the wheat which he could eat. The fact that he put it into his lap implies that he's having a more proper meal, he's dragging it out a bit more, and as such, he would not be able to eat that proper meal without first tithing the produce. The second half of this Mishnah teaches us that one needs to tithe all of the primary parts of a plant. And a number of examples are brought, and the first one is Kuspar, Coriander, Shizrod, Zera, which was planted for the sake of the seeds, and not for the sake of the leaves. Yuraka Potter, its green part, its leaves, are exempt from Maestras, because that is a very secondary and less important part of the plant, which is usually not even used. Zerali Yorok, however, if part of the purpose of planting it was for the sake of the leaves, then Misaseris Zerav Yorok, both the seeds and the leaves need to be tithed, because since you planted it for the sake of the leaves, they certainly have significance, but that does not reduce the significance of the seeds, since in general that is the primary part of the plant. Next, Rebeliezer, Rebeliezer says, Hasheves, a type of herb, possibly dill, Misaseris Zerav Yorok Vazirin, tithes need to be taken from its seeds, from its leaves, and from its stalks. 
all these three parts of a deal are considered significant. They're regularly used. However, the only plants for which tithes need to be separated from the seeds and the leaves, only cress and rocket, those two plants, only those you would need to separate maestras from both the seeds and the leaves. And we're talking about where you do not have a specific intention when you plant them. Any plant which you plant specifically for the leaves, as long as the leaves are edible, you would separate maestras from the leaves. We're talking about a situation where you don't have a specific intention. So according to the Chachomim, only these two plants, since the leaves are really a very primary part of the plant and almost always eaten, only in that situation would you separate tithes from the leaves as well. But a plant like dill, although a significant part of it is the leaves, they are not as edible and they're not as commonly eaten and therefore, unless they were planted specifically with the intention for the leaves, one would not need to separate tithes from the leaves, rather only from the seeds. And the stalks come under the same category as the leaves, in fact the stalks are even less significant, so unless the um, plant was planted with the intention for the stalks, the stalks would not need to be tithed. Mishnavaram, Shimbin Gamliel Omer, Shimbin Gamliel says, Tomorrow shall tilton, we shall chardol, we shall pull our love on. Shoots of tilton, some sort of herb, we shall chardol, and mustard seeds, we shall pull our love on. And shoots of white beans, chayos b'maisa, are all obligated in tithes. So Mishimin Gamliel agrees with the Chachom of the previous Mishnah that if these plants are not planted for the sake of the, of the leaves, then the leaves do not need to be tithed. However, Mishimin Gamliel holds that the shoots of these plants are considered a very significant part of the plants, such that they would always be obligated in tithes, even if they were not planted for the sake of the shoots. Next case, Rebeliezer Rebeliezer says, had slaf, this is a certain type of bush on which berries grew, and the main purpose of the bush was for the sake of the berries. Nevertheless, according to Rebeliezer, Miss Asser, tomorrow's Vavionos Vakafras. Tithes need to be separated from the shoots and from the berries and from the shells which protect the berries. Since those other two parts, the shoots and the shells, are edible, although they are not the primary part of the bush, Nevertheless, they are edible, and they are considered significant enough, according to Tribaliezer, that they are obligated in tithes. However, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Only the berries need to be tithed, because they are considered to be the fruit of the bush for which the bush was planted, and in fact, the Torah says that Maisa needs to be separated from the fruit of the tree, which implies that the Maisa says specifically from the fruit, in this case, the fruit of the berries, and therefore, according to Akiva, only the berries would need to be tithed from the tzlaf bush. Now, in the previous cases where, for example, the shoots need to be tithed, that's because the shoots are considered to be the fruit as well, because they are edible, and all of the opinions here are just really arguing on how edible and how fit for consumption, and how readily something needs to be eaten in order to be obligated in Maestris, to be considered a fruit, as it were. We move on to Perakeh. The halacha is that one is not allowed to plant produce which is obligated in Maestras. However, the Mishnah tells us that one who uproots young plants or young trees which have began to grow but haven't completed their growth and then he plants them in another place in his field, perhaps where there's more room for it to grow. Potter, he's exempt from tithing that produce before replanting it, meaning he's allowed to replant it elsewhere in the field and he does not need to worry about the maestress. And the reason for this is because the produce is totally unready and has not yet passed its Gemar Malacha. Now, according to many, you can only do this under two conditions which the Mishnah implies. The first condition is that you have to do it with a few trees. You can't just take one plant and replant it elsewhere. 
It's only permitted if it's done with a few plants. The reason being that it shows that the entire field really, or at least this whole group of plants, are totally unprocessed, and they haven't reached their Gemara Malacha. In that case, it's just like replanting the field. But if it was just one, then it may be a problem. And the second condition is, you, is that you uproot your own plants and you plant them in your own field. But if you were to buy somebody else's half-grown plants, then you would have to separate the tithes from them, as we learnt earlier on in the Masechda. According to Rabbi Meir, buying even unprocessed produce obligates it in Maestras. And since our mission goes according to Rabbi Meir, he would need to tithe the produce if he bought it from somebody else. But since in our case, he uprooted them from his own field, it is permitted to plant them elsewhere without tithing them first. Second case, if he bought from somebody else, but he bought a plant or a tree which was still attached to the ground. In that case, again, Potter, he's exempt from tithing it at this moment, because the sale of produce only obligates it in Maestras if it is uprooted from the ground. But if it's still attached to the ground, then it would still be exempt. But again, if he buys these young, half-grown plants or trees from somebody else when they're not attached to the ground, then they would become obligated in Maestras because this mission goes according to Rabbi Meir, who holds that the sale of produce, even before it's reached its Gemara Malacha, obligates it in Maestras. Okay, third case, Lokat If somebody gathered and uprooted um, these young plants, these shasilim, from his own field in order to send to his friend. He wants to give them as a gift, so again, Potter, he's exempt from tithing them. And if you recall, in the previous parak we had a machlekes about one who sets aside a basket of fruit in order to send to his friend. And according to Yehuda, one who does so is obligated to tithe it before he sends it to his friend. However, in our Mishnah, even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that he's exempt, and again, the reason is because the plants are not yet processed. They haven't yet reached their Gemai Malacha, and since they haven't yet reached their Gemai Malacha, sending them as a gift would not obligate them in Maestras. And that's where the big difference between a gift and a sale is, because as we explained, our Mishnah would hold that a sale of non-processed produce would obligate it in Maestras, but a gift wouldn't obligate the produce in Maestras. Now one consequence of this is that the receiver of this gift would be able to even replant the produce without separating tithes from it first. Now Rabbi Lozman Azariah says, If there are plants or trees which are similar to these young plants, these young trees, which are sold in the marketplace. So at that time in the marketplace, if you were to go to the marketplace, you would see very similar looking plants being sold. Now the ones which are being sold are clearly processed and they're not going to be processed anymore because those who will buy them will eat them. So if your young plants or your young trees look the same as the ones which are being sold in the marketplace, then your ones would be obligated to be tithed before you start sending it off to your friends or replanting it. The reason being that they look processed. Since they look the same as the ones which are being sold in the marketplace, even if these ones have not yet been processed and they haven't reached their Gemara Malacha stage, since they have a similar appearance to ones in the marketplace which have reached their Gemara Malacha, Midrabonon, you will need to tithe your produce before giving it to your friend or before replanting it. Mishnah Bates, although we said in the previous Mishnah, that one is allowed to uproot a few young plants or young trees from his field and plant them elsewhere without first tithing them. This mission will bring an exception, and that is one who uproots turnips or radishes from within his field, and he planted them elsewhere in his field, for the sake of producing seeds. Now, a unique feature about radishes and turnips is that if they are left in the ground for a long time, 
then the roots, which is the part of the plant which is eaten, eventually become inedible. They become very hard from being in the ground for so long, and they become no longer edible. But the reason why somebody would leave them in the ground for a long time is because they produce seeds which can be used to plant other radishes and other turnips. So if somebody uproots turnips and radishes from a place in his field in order to plant them elsewhere in his field. Now if he replants them, then the roots will eventually become inedible and it will just produce more seeds, but the seeds are also inedible. So with regard to the edible part of the plants, replanting them will not continue that process. Which means that when does that process end? As soon as they are uprooted the first time, that's the last process with regards to the edible parts of the plant. Again, why? Because by replanting them, the edible part will become inedible, and more seeds will be produced, but the seeds will also be inedible. And so the Mishnah says that Chayev is obligated to tie them as soon as he uproots them from the ground, before replanting them, Ibn Garnon, because that is their Geiren stage, that is their Gemara Malacha stage, which means that it is the end of the processing of the edible parts of the plant. Alright, says the Mishnah, but Tzolim Mishesh Onions which take root in an attic. So we're talking about onions which were stored in an attic, and the owner did not intend to plant them there. They were being stored there, but then they took root in the attic, and now they are actually growing a bit more. The question is, is this considered to be halachically growing, even though the owner did not plant it himself, and didn't want it to be planted there either, because it can't grow properly in an attic, he just wanted to store it there. So is it considered to be growing there or not? And the answer is, it depends. What does that mean? So the halacha is that produce can only become tome and only ever be tome if it is detached from the ground. But if it is growing from the ground or attached to the ground, then it can never be tome. Now when the Torah discusses this, it says, Any seed which can be planted, which is planted. Now it is very much implied from that Pasuk that the owner himself does not need to willingly plant that thing. Even if it is just planted passively by itself, that is enough for the seed to be considered tahar. That it cannot be tome because of the fact that it is planted. And so the Mishnah says that in this regard, the onions are pure of any tumor, of any impurity. And that means that even if they were tome before, they are now considered tahar because they are growing in the ground. So that's with regards to the laws of tumah and tahara. However, with regards to everything else, for example, with regards to Maestras, or with regards to Schmidt, or with regards to other laws, we do not consider the onions as growing, since the owner did not want them to grow there, and he didn't plant them there, they are not considered to be growing. The only exception is with regards to Tumah, because of the Pasuk, which implies that even if they are planted by themselves, they are considered to be growing. But with regards to everything else, where there is not that Pasuk, we do not consider the onions to be growing. And by the way, the ramification of that is that you would not need to separate Maestras again if, let's say, you'd already tied that produce. So if we considered it to be growing again, then when you uproot it from there, you might need to separate Maestras. But since we do not consider it to be growing, you would not need to tie that produce again. However, says the Mishnah, if a wool which fell down, fell down onto them, onto the onions, and the onions are all covered with earth, but the leaves are revealed and not covered by the earth. So if you think about it, that's exactly the same as onions are regularly planted. The leaves are above the ground, whereas the earth covers the rest of the onions. And therefore the mission says, it's as if they are planted in the field with regards to all laws, even with regards to Misa and Shmita. Concerning all laws, we do consider them to be planted, and the reason is that even though the owner himself did not plant them there, he would be very happy for them to be planted like that because they are planted in the regular way, so they will continue growing properly. 
It was only in the previous case, where they weren't planted properly, that the owner is not happy with them growing there, so we do not consider them to be growing. But since over here, the owner did cause them to grow, and he is happy with them growing, they are considered to be growing and planted for all laws.